We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Kansas City Chiefs fall to the Buffalo Bills at home, 24 to 20. Uh, what is uh, very much presumed to be uh, part one of a two-parter. What's up, everybody? This is Kent Swanson. I am not at the Kingdom Bar and Grill right now, but my dear pal Maddie Lane is Matthew. Hello. How was the How was the energy in Kingdom Bar today? Um, it was it was good. I think everybody was kind of the same. Everyone was a little nervous with this one. Um, but here's the thing. Chiefs fans, I don't know how much longer they're going to let me come to Kingdom Farm Grills. I think the Chiefs keep losing every time I'm in town at one of these things. Um, it's not, you know, we don't have a good streak going right now. So this is just another one uh, on top of that. But it was fantastic here. A lot of people in here, a lot of Chiefs fans having a good time. We were all holding our breath until the last couple 64 seconds. Yeah, hey, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you are watching this. That would be very, very helpful for us as we're trying to get people to watch. This is probably uh, going to be a, an interesting episode today. I think we're going to get Craig Stout on the show here in a little bit as well. Um, but uh, you know, let's just go initial thoughts off the top of the head, Matthew, about this game. Um, how emotional are you? Frustrated after this loss? Because I have some feelings I'll, I'll get to in a second. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a mixed bag, right? Um, I I guess like I was sort of before the final drive, I actually thought the Chiefs had outplayed the players, had outplayed the Bills players on the field. I thought the Chiefs were a better team. The problem was the coaching. I thought the Chiefs coaching was pretty bad. Steve Spagnuolo got caught blitzing from the same spot of the field twice in a row, and the Bills had an answer. I'm not upset by blitzing. 
but doing it from that spot of the field back to back when Buffalo clearly had an answer was a problem. I don't think that Andy Reid had a good feel for how to manage this game down the stretch. I didn't like the going into the eight minute offense. I didn't like some of the times where he was taking the ball out of Mahomes' hands multiple plays in a row. So I think the Bills outcoached the Chiefs. I thought the Chiefs were out playing the Bills until that final drive. And obviously the final drive is where the Bills made a big play. The Chiefs didn't. Yeah, I, I'm not super beat up about this one. You know, I don't, I don't think I'm like too emotional in any way, shape or form. This always just, just kind of felt like the first of two games, right? But I think you kind of got to look at what both of these teams are capable of, both of what these teams are. Um, and, you know, obviously the Chiefs had some big mistakes. So do the Bills. But, I mean, the thing I like, I, we'll start with this. The thing I was kind of like, I guess, impressed with off the top is like, I think the Chiefs actually did a pretty good job of keeping a lid on what's been a large, a pretty explosive offense. Um, obviously, they missed some opportunities there with their fifth cornerback uh, getting roasted by their two best receivers a couple times. But, like, I mean, the Chiefs did a pretty good job at least of forcing this team to drive down the field a little bit. No, they did. They didn't give up too many explosive plays. The biggest one was probably the touchdown pass. And I know they gave up some chunk plays when they were just trying to play in coverage and stuff like that. So the, the defense was all right. I'm not going to say it was good. They very clearly have problems. But then we also have to remember that they had a couple different corners that were out. Justin Reed was banged up. And I know the Bills have injuries too, so it's not like an excuse. I just think it plays a little bit into the idea of, okay, the Chiefs should be better. We all feel like the Chiefs will be better once they finally get to the postseason. The Bills likely will be as well but and i think this this comment right here about buffalo's defense being so much better than kc's from joshua yeah i i don't even know if it's so much better but they're more they're more confident right that's the thing is the chiefs are playing this soft zone coverage afraid to give up anything on their bills final drive they're just picking up five to ten yards anytime they want it the chiefs come out there what do the bills do they immediately come in and play tight man coverage. They're just right up on the line of scrimmage. They're not going to give up 10 yards, even though there's less time. It's just a different opinion and how you guys are going to play. And so I think that really came back to bite the Chiefs. We're going to bring our dear pal Craig Stout on right now to come talk a little bit about uh, this game with us. Craig, how are you feeling? Buddy, I'm feeling okay. All things considered, competitive game, defense played better than I think we all expected that they oh, yeah. were going to play with a whole bunch of rookies out there. Yep. But yeah, a little bit disappointing that the offense just couldn't, it just didn't feel very uh, functional, efficient, uh, consistent today. It's just, it's a little bit of a rough go there. No, for sure. We'll, uh, we'll get back to the offense in a second. We were talking a little bit about the defense. Like you have to be like that. That's enough. That's enough to win a game. I think on the defensive side of the ball, all things considered. And I think we just saw a comment about, Willie Gay being out, Trent McDuffie being out, uh, whoever the Chiefs uh, wind up trading for won't. Yeah, at the deadline, not on this roster yet. Um, yeah, Lance McCormick saying that there. So, um, I mean, you've got to feel good about Chiefs rolling with CB five and in the fourth quarter with two minutes left. Was that DiCaprio Boodle on the field? I mean, yeah, DiCaprio Boodle was on the field because because uh, they were going through some attrition there. It it's tough, and they. Spagnuolo didn't do him any favors with the way that he was blitzing, leaving them on islands. We know that they try and funnel those low percentage throws against players, but man, when it's working and when Josh Allen is throwing to Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis, like give your men a little bit of help there. Uh, give them, give them a little bit of an opportunity. Give somebody to stay over the top of them. Like that, 
I even said, as the blitz was starting to work and it was starting to rattle Josh Allen, which it was, and we can get back to that later, but I did say this is typically when Spagnuolo tends to overreach a little bit. He keeps turning the dial up, and eventually it comes back to bite him, and it did. It really did come back to bite him a couple of times. So outside of that, the defense was good, but, man, give those rookie guys some help. Well, but the problem was they stopped blitzing on third and 13 from the one. Yep. They played soft, and the Bills immediately went 70 yards in three plays mm-hmm. because they were playing soft. The Chiefs, that's the, and I understand that Spagnola can't overreach blitz too much, get predictable, but anytime they played coverage, it didn't work. It never worked to play coverage. I mean, outside the Chris Jones tripping sack, right? Like it's simply, and even that, I believe that they sim pressure that out and then backed out of it. So, I don't know if there's a good plan for the Chiefs to defend the Bills' defense right now. I'm okay with the 50-50 coin flip proposition of blitzing because it, it was working better than them not. I understand the leverage, and that's why I was going to say the situational blitzing at the high red zone area, when the Bills were dialing up a way to beat it, they put their receivers one-on-one, isolated versus one rookie corner. That's fine. Don't blitz there. That makes sense. But in terms mm-hmm. of game plan, like I think they had to blitz. I don't think there was any chance this team stopping the Bills if they're not blitzing. Yeah, you live and die by it, I think, a little bit, honestly. I think that was the best strategy to employ. And like you talk about 50-50 shots. I don't think 50-50 fade routes are – I don't think they're a true 50-50. They really are. I mean, it was a great – it was just a, a perfectly executed throw by Josh Allen on two different plays if he had to have it. It was like two of the few plays that he was really eating blitzes up. I mean, 50 50 shots versus the Chiefs corners are like 75 25 for the offense. I don't think so, man. I mean, play the percentages a little bit. I mean, they hit a couple big, they hit a couple big fades. I get it. It was CB5. It was CB5. Joshua Williams playing out there. I do want to say this. I do want to say this too. Yes, the Chiefs had backup defensive backs out there. So did the Bills. Okay. Their defense still also had backup defenders out there, and they had no problem trying to lock up the Chiefs wide receivers. So, we can use that because it is clearly a thing, and the Bills obviously have a better wide receiver room than the Chiefs do. It's like that's also a thing, but I don't don't want to lean on that excuse too much because, again, the yeah. Bills are playing all backup corners and backup safeties as well. Absolutely. And even, like, people keep bringing up, you know, Willie Gay Jr. as well, you know, him coming back, which he's going to be a big boost to the defense, and he's certainly going to offer more than Darius Harris did. Darius Harris played his best game of his career Easily the best game of his career today. So he was not the weak point. I mean, Willie helps. Willie makes some of those things happen. He was not the weak point. It was. It was the corners. It was an inability to to play more of a match zone coverage, to be able to lock up some of these guys. There were big seams in zone coverage. Every time Josh Allen dropped back and you saw him confidently release the ball, it almost felt like, there wasn't a receiver or wasn't a DB anywhere near that player. Stephon Diggs, you know, with five yards of space around him. And that kind of goes back to some of the stuff that we talked about throughout the beginning of the year here. They're running a lot of static coverages. They're not running a lot of match stuff because they are leaning on such young players right now. And this is the first time that we've really seen it come and really bite them in the ass. And it, it, it did today in coverage there. Not a blame to the players. That's a coverage call there but it did kind of clip them a little bit through the air. I I know the Chiefs were getting gashed in the run game a lot, but it didn't really feel like that was a prevailing problem for what ailed them today. I mean, I know the run... <laughs> sorry, the, the, run, defense, the run, run defense didn't look great uh, <laughs> by any stretch of the word, bad. but I think you kind of live with it a little bit, all things considered, because like they were still able to kind of keep a lid on that thing for the majority of the game. 
it really wasn't why this team lost. It was still frustrating to watch, but it was not why this team lost. I think even you, Maddie, said just live with it. Just put him in nickel and just deal with it. Well, they weren't stopping the run at a base anyway, right? It's like, what were you even right. doing it for? It's not like they were actively stopping them, you know, when they were in base. So why even try to do it? And I understand they were getting gashed versus the run when they would go nickel a lot. But yeah, let the Bills run. We want to talk about variants. We want to talk about living and dying by the Blitz. I will live and die versus Devin Singletary as a runner for an entire game. It's, this is the best Devin Singletary game you ever get, and he beats you. So be it, right? That's why I wanted the Chiefs to stay in nickel. Now, the issue was, though, and Craig's kind of alluding to it, even when they were in nickel, with Joshua Williams especially, and then using Deion Bush in there now a lot for a lot of these plays, you were getting a lot more static zones. That's why guys were so open. They, the Chiefs played so much cover, too. So much just plain static cover, too. And it happens. Like, I get why they were doing it, but that was there. I just, at the end of the day, I don't see a route for this team to stop the Bills. So I did want to ask, moving forward, when this matchup undoubtedly comes up again in the playoffs, what do you think they have to do? What do they do differently? Because, yes, the quarterback room will be maybe better with McDuffie, maybe better if Brian Cook's healthy, but will it be enough better to actually match up man-to-man? I don't think we can say that yet. So what do you do differently when they play again? I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm running more match zones. I mean, like that—that's what I'm doing. I'm not I'm not running. I'm not being ecstatic on the ground there. And you're going to be able to do that with some of these players there. But I I would do more of what we saw in the second half. And I know that people are going to point to that and go, "Look at all the points that they scored there. Look at all that they did. That they stayed in nickel for a lot of that, even against heavy personnel." Bills came out in some twelve. Came out in some of that twenty-one personnel. Bills were in heavy more than they ever have been in any game this season. Obviously, taking notes from the Raiders there. Come out, they were in heavy in the second half. They still played a little bit of base defense against it, but they largely played nickel defense. And to Maddie's your point there, letting the run game beat you. Ten runs for twenty-seven yards in the second half. That'll play. <laughs> like that will absolutely play. They were getting gashed through the air there. So I just think that you've got to be a little less static. You've got to get the four-man rush going. And if you're doing that and you're not blitzing or anything like that, I thought Frank Clark had a pretty good game. Carlos Dunlap had an okay game. Chris Jones had an okay game. And yet still, they couldn't get anything going. That four-man pass rush was not enough. Not even enough. Josh Allen was way too comfortable back there. Yeah, I I just tweeted this out. I'm glad this game was before the trade deadline. (laughs) The Chiefs need a pass rusher. They need to go find one. They got 13 draft picks. They need to go figure out something to go find somebody to give them a little bit of help uh, just so they can get a little bit more consistent. And this isn't a new problem. Like The the four-man pass rush is not a new problem. We've been talking about it for like the entirety of the season. The Chiefs have gotten pressure, but it's been a lot of manufactured pressure. They haven't been getting getting home with four very frequently as it was. And this just kind of exploited that, you know, that that weakness there. It just kind of it told you what you need to know. Okay, so you're four and two through six games. Your defense did a lot of things that you're happy with. You held the Bills, who have been setting teams on fire, to 27 point or 24 points. Sorry, you did enough on the defensive side of the ball, but mm-hmm. you need to you need to figure out how to close it because your your offense only got 20. I think it's time to talk about the offense. Uh, yeah. one word to describe them. Matthew. Oh, goodness. Um, disjointed. Yeah. Yeah. For me, yuck. <laughs> but see, and this is my, this is my thing. For me, too. So, okay, see, I didn't, think it was, I didn't think it was a gross offense. I didn't think it was bad. I thought when they were calling plays that let their good players play, it worked. The problem was 
the play calls all of a sudden started taking the ball away from the best player. And I understand Von Miller gets cooking there in the second half. I understand mm-hmm. that the Bills are a good defense that are playing well. But at no point in time did I feel like as good as Von Miller was, he was breaking this game. This it did not seem like the game plan was broken like it was versus the Raiders or the first half of the Chargers. Like, it seemed fine. It seemed like when the Chiefs had to just sit back there, drop back, go Mahomes to Kelsey, Mahomes to Hardman, Mahomes to Juju, it worked. But every time it got to a high leverage spot, it seemed like, oh, fullback screen pass. Oh, that weird long mesh inside zone that Mahomes like fakes a rollout off of. And, like They just kept taking the ball away from him when it mattered. Look how many times the ball came out of Josh Allen's hands when it mattered for them. Like three, maybe like three, and that was over like a whole quarter. The Chiefs just routinely kept taking it out of Mahomes' hands, and I understand the interception at the end is going to leave a bad taste for some people in that regard, but it shouldn't have got there. They should have let him win the game before then. I think that's where the offense kind of lost it for me, so I don't know I don't know if I feel disgusted by it like you guys sound like you do. It's just I think they didn't call a good game for the way they were playing. I, I will say this. I will take every second down play that the Chiefs ran today and light it on fire. Like, it it seemed like that was the problem down. Yeah, there were still some good plays. Don't get me wrong. Travis Kelsey came up huge on a couple of second downs. But the the fullback pass out to the swing pass there. The Pacheco one where he had to get to the corner and outrun Matt Milano. Uh, Jet McKinnon out there on a sweep to the short side of the field on second down and long. Like, you can't have those with this offense right now. This offense is predicated on picking up smaller chunks right now. You take the big shots with Patrick Mahomes when you can, but they've got to get in a consistent rhythm. And they're at the end of the game. They could not get themselves into a consistent rhythm, and it was by and large because of these second down plays. They just were they were shooting themselves in the foot. And when you put yourself consistently in third and long, you ask Mahomes to bail you out, and a lot of times he does. But a lot of times this year, he's not been able to. With these new receivers, with the new offensive shape and everything like that, it hasn't been the thing that you've looked back on and gone, hey, Patrick bailed us out again. It just didn't happen as often today, and it was largely because they couldn't stay ahead of the sticks at all early, or especially late in the game. Hey, uh, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching. Leave a comment like all these Bills fans out here. Thanks for watching. Thanks for, hey, congratulations on that October win again on that. Congratulations on that October win again. Uh, oh, I can't go- see the chat. Are, are the Bills fans hyped? Good uh, for they, them. Oh, yeah. yeah, good for them. Yeah. No. They, yeah, they won. They, sh- they should be excited. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nate Tice. Interesting little stat here. Bills Uh-oh. drop eight coverage weeks one through five. 2.1% of the time dropped eight. Today, week mm-hmm. six. Matthew, guess how much they dropped eight today. A percentage or a number? Percentage. 10. Craig? Uh, I'm going to say 20. 36% of the time they dropped eight today. Now, I think, you know, there were, there were some late additions there from a backer. So, like, you know, like I think there's, you know, they're, they're probably sending for initially and bringing a, bringing a backer late spine a little bit late when he rolls. But, hey, We've seen that. We've seen that disrupt the Chiefs a little bit from time to time, Matthew. Oh, oh absolutely. And I, watching it live, I didn't pick up on it as much as being something that was like specifically slowing them down. But I think part of that goes into the fact that Von Miller was being very, very good, right? Like you can rush three if every single time you get Von Miller isolated one on one with someone on the outside, he's got a 50 50 shot of just winning immediately, right? So I didn't notice that necessarily being an issue for the Chiefs, but I'm not. 
I am not surprised that they have still not figured out exactly how to beat that, especially because they refuse to run the ball the way that will beat it. I don't understand how this team keeps going back to this garbage zone run stuff that never works, and especially this one. How, when is the last time we saw a game where their main run was the inside zone from the shotgun but across the formation? Like, their same side inside zone works okay, but when they do that weird long mesh that's a fake rollout and the ball like seems like it's a hidden handoff, when's the last time that's been their main run for a game that it's been good? Because it wasn't this one. Mm -mm. No, and it wasn't. And the couple of times that they did run the ball pretty effectively, they were not doing that. They were running some of the zone insert stuff. They were running oh. some of the gab stuff. Like they, it was working. There were things that worked. And so yeah, I'm with Matt. And I mean, I know we sound like a broken record with that. We we keep pounding the table for it, but it just works so much better. And in a game like this, I mean, we can transition right into this. In a game like this, you need good Andy Reid, and this was not good Andy Reid today. And Opposite that is. Of. It is scary when you see that because you see against Tampa Bay, that's great, Andy Reid. You got to see a really effective offense where they move the ball. Today was bad, Andy Reid. And this is this is the Bills. This is a division, you know, it's not division, conference rival here. Like, this is a big game for the overall standings at the end of the year. Now, it doesn't mean everything, but it is big. It is significant. And if you come out with that kind of game plan and you run things the way that you do, and you keep relying on those sorts of things that aren't working time and time again. We've seen it countless times that they're, they're not working. It, it's on you at that point. It, it really is on them. Tucker? Yeah, I uh, got a couple of nuggets here from, uh-oh, my Tucker cam's off. Classic move. Uh, anyway, uh, Vaughn Miller, high praise for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs that spoke at the podium uh, just a little bit ago. Andy Reid does say that there are no injuries from this game, which is also a very good, uh, very good sign, a uh, very good thing. He just also said two good teams, smallest of things can get you off course, and the other team can beat you. Yeah, I mean that's mm -hmm. it. Like we talk about all these, and there's a lot of there's a lot of things to address about hey the future of this football team, hey about the outlook of this team winning a Super Bowl, and yeah, like there's the Chiefs were close. They had the ball with the best player in the world, 64 seconds and two timeouts. Mm -hmm. And and Mahomes blew it late. I mean, and that does, yeah. that's not going to happen very often. It doesn't happen very often. It happened today. Uh, and it was a, it was, you know, he, 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 I don't, I don't know about that one. Like, I mean, there wasn't much. There was nothing there for him. Like, that play was covered. Oh no, it was it was a great play. I mean, that's I think a lot of what the Bills were doing too. They were rushing, you're getting an inside move from a defensive end, and the spy is inserting late over the top when Mahomes tries to roll. That's what they did. Mm -hmm. It worked great. It forced him to immediately address the rusher. He tried to force the ball, and then the Bills had already passed that off to the safety. They dropped down and cut off. Great play by the Bills, right? Mm -hmm. Fully understand it. Love the idea for them. I think this goes back to the way I was kind of telling Tucker at the beginning is I think Mahomes, when he doesn't get in rhythm, he starts pressing a little bit. When they get into those spots, he comes out those first couple plays and he's pressing. He looks for a big play. He's looking for a lot of stuff, and that's where we kind of got to. I was not surprised that there was an interception there. Hate to see it, but I mean, I tell you guys before the game, Chiefs get the ball. It's over a minute left to score a touchdown to win the game versus the Bills, you're taking it every time, right? Sure, absolutely. I want the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands. Even even if he's played just a crap game, the entire game, if you're giving me the opportunity to put the ball in his hands at the end of the game, I'm absolutely taking it. In retrospect, 
that play probably should have dirt, dirted it because he didn't see Teron Johnson coming up behind Sky Moore there. It happens. And that's a great play by Teron Johnson, a great play call by the Bills defense. But yes, absolutely. At that point, when 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 Dawson Knox scored that touchdown over Justin Reed, well, I think every Chiefs fan went, well, let's see you know like uh, you you know you you your blood pressure wasn't raised at that point it felt better yeah (laughs) let's find out yeah because then they're not milking the clock you're not you're not trying to do something right at the end of the game you're going hey man okay you gave him a minute let's see what happens here even though the offense has been not great for most of the day let's see because he's still patrick mahomes you still want the ball yeah i'm i'm not uh i'm not mad at, at what went down actually i mean i was i I was hoping that the ball would get in the end zone quicker. I was kind of glad when when Josh Allen ran for that first down late. You know, like there was, you know, I, it was it was kind of nice because like, hey, that speeds up this a little bit. Maybe they can get, you know, uh, maybe they can get the ball back. You know, and they had two timeouts in a minute. Like they had all the time in the world. They just, I maybe Mahomes should have burned that one. I don't think he just I, he flat out didn't see he he, he flat out did he, he never saw him. right. But and even without seeing him, though, I just. It was a little bit of a force, and the, the gain that you were going to get from it wasn't enough. It wasn't worth it. I just When he comes out in those situations, and I, I think it made some people, when I said this on Twitter, a little upset. But like, here's the thing. He comes out in these game-winning situations. He is absolutely great. But once you get him into rhythm, he's excellent. He comes out in these spots, and he presses a little bit. I think we've seen a couple interceptions from him throughout his career on potential game-winning drives. Now, usually, they're not quite as hopeful as this one is. Usually, it's less time. Mm-hmm. But he tries to force the ball a little bit in those situations. So I told, I said... If he gets in rhythm, they're going to win. But if they come out and he has to immediately start freelancing and forcing stuff, that's the interception. It's going to come in the first three passes, two to three passes he throws, because that's what it's going to be. Sure enough, he tries to force a play that's kind of in the middle of a scramble drill. It's picked off. Highly unfortunate. It doesn't make me think anything less of him as a player. I'll take the exact same situation versus the Bills in the playoffs again, because I don't think it'll happen twice. It's just you got to get, like Craig said, good Andy. Good Andy has to give him a couple easy throws there to start to get things rolling, and then he can start freelancing a little bit. I don't think you want to start with him having to make stuff on the fly immediately. Hey, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching this. It helps us grow this channel. Leave some comments. If you're a Bills fan, come talk. Come come talk. Yeah, I'm seeing some of these comments in there. Very interesting. Um, You know, uh, you know, Chiefs fans leaving the game, you're going to Hy-Vee, you might notice some strange tall boys of beer in the bottle water section of your local stores. It's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. Why is it called Liquid Death, you might say? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Go get liquid death at your local Woodman, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee. Or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store tool, store locator tool, at liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. I need my thirst violently murdered today uh, of all days. Um, okay, so anything else on offense, Matthew? Um, yeah, I mean, I think a couple things. I think we had to talk about Juju Smith-Schuster's game. I mean, I think he mm-hmm. had an excellent game for the Chiefs. It was a lot of catch-and-run stuff, which is I mean, very much what he's there for. Like, he's never been a guy that's going to be a deep threat, so a possession guy over the middle of the field, some catch-and-run stuff. He did everything you wanted. His guy that came in with him, his partner in crime, MVS, 
I know that there's some big, there's some highs with his game, and this has been the story back to Green Bay. Maybe we were foolish for thinking to the otherwise, but MVS just always leaves me wanting more, right? I think if MVS can catch a football, a couple of them, a couple different times this game, the Chiefs might win this game comfortably. If he doesn't let a ball get stolen out of his hands on that first possession, and that's a touchdown instead of a pick, there's another deep ball that went through his hands where it was a little high. I think he had another one that he got his hands on. Like He just comes away with two of these three that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. It's a different game. And this, unfortunately, has been a little bit of the story for him to Green Bay, but especially here with KC. So good for Juju. MVS, I'm a little bit shakier on right now. I don't know how much longer he can keep having such a big role. See, we, we talk a lot about uh, Patrick Mahomes and throwing 50-50 balls and having big-bodied receivers and things like that. That, that played to MVS. He put that on a platter. MVS has to fight through through the hands of the DB, either become the receiver and be the aggressor at the catch point or knock that out of the way. Like, you, you have to become one of those two things, and MVS instead didn't. Didn't do either, and it results in a, an excellent interception by Kyrie Elam there, but... That's a play that MVS, that's why you bring in a receiver of his size, of his length. You are trying to be able to win more on 50-50 balls. And if you're not going to be willing to be aggressive to go on up on get 50-50 balls like that, then you're not going to get them thrown anymore. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, like, it, is he bad at throwing them? We don't know because we haven't had these receivers. Is it a chicken or the egg situation? Now we've got those kinds of receivers, and guess what? It's not going great. Like, the times that he's throwing it up there – these guys aren't fighting for it as much. It's not enough of a commitment. And today for MVS, that's that's the major thing that stuck stuck out about this. I mean, and especially a game like this against the Bills where every point matters, that red zone interception because your receiver didn't go up and get it, man, that hurts. That hurts a ton. We're going to see if – oh, the Tucker Cam's back on. Tuck Cam. Tuck Cam's back on. Got a quote from Patrick Mahomes here. Uh, I thought for the most part the offensive line did a good job. They have a lot of good defense. They have, they have a good defense. They're going to make some plays. Lots of chatter after that game about the offensive line. I think I saw Eric Fisher's name get thrown out there on the Twitter about uh, if the Chiefs should go out and get uh, Eric, Eric Fisher. Um, yeah, so I think uh, Patrick Mahomes trying to tamper a little bit of that uh, disgruntledness. I, you know, I kind of winced a little bit at the idea of Eric Fisher, but I mean, he's played right tackle before. It's been a while. Andrew so, Wiley, Andrew Wiley is a problem, and he's been a problem all season. I'm I don't sorry. disagree. No, no, it's I don't disagree. A, it's been bad. I don't disagree, but I don't. This is a weird game for me to come off and say that because I don't think this game it changed their game plan much. Though they still drop back deep more than once. I mean, it, it, well, granted, one of the Von Miller sacks I do think did come on a deep drop. Like they were still dropping back deep all game. They, I don't feel like they had to alter their game plan for this one. It's just, I agree. The tackle play wasn't great. Andrew Wiley specifically continues to try to get, or get beat inside when he has help on the uh, help on the outside. He never just, so there's issues there. I just don't think that's it. I think a bigger issue, who plays running back and the guy that cannot make a single guy miss. Like Clyde uh, Hilaire, oh, I love okay, what oh. he sees. Oh, no, no. I love what he sees. I think he sees. I know a lot of fans don't love his vision. I think when you look at the run plays, I actually think he sees it relatively well. I think he does a decent job of setting linebackers up at the line of scrimmage to find the right spot. The problem is, if there's even a free arm, if there's even a potential guy that can tackle him, they are going to tackle him on first contact unless he's moving full speed every single time. Like The amount of plays that should be eight, nine-yard gains that go for three because he gets touched and immediately goes down, like you can't, I don't know if you can play running back in the NFL if every first contact's gonna take you down. It's for, it's for one. I mean, it's like he, he was trying to run for why they tried to run outside zone 
<coughs> and he was struggling to like he, he struggled to get to the edge. He could he didn't have enough burst to get to the to the edge. And Matt Milano easily brought him down at the one yard line. Like there's just there's so many yards left on the field with Clyde Edwards Alaire when you try to run him wide. So if you're gonna consist on run wide, then yeah, you've got a big problem there. Like that's one of the things we're talking about here. It's like he like that's not him, and it hasn't been him. It's never been him. It's not going to be him. But it's not even Wait. just wide. He had a run early in the game where he ran up the middle, and there was a wide hole. It was him versus safety one on one. It was probably like six, seven yards. It was a good gain, but it was him one on one with the safety with plenty of space to work. He didn't manipulate him at all. He didn't make the safety break down at all. He literally just essentially ran straight into him and went down. Tuck and I talked about it here a lot. It's like you can't do that. There's way too much space there to operate to do nothing but run into a safety. You're a running back one on one versus safety filling the alley this is what you want this is your job is to beat that guy he had no prayer to do it and like I, i'm with you those are hidden yards that are lost and he's out there and i know pacheco doesn't see as well i know he doesn't pace his runs as well mckinnon's probably not as good of a just a raw runner except for on some specific zone stuff but they what they do well maximizes more yardage than what clyde's doing right now for the chiefs and that being said, there, there was a play with Jet McKinnon in open space on a third down that yeah. I was certain he was going to pick up the first down. Like he had an open space in front of him and gets brought down short of the play. Now, Matt Milano was, was fantastic today. He really was. He, he was phenomenal today. He, but, think about the uh, swing route to Isaiah Pacheco that Milano blew Oh, my up. goodness. Yeah, that, that thing yeah. was going for big yardage if Pacheco catches that or if he beats Matt Milano out there. But even the guys that the Chiefs are putting on the field to say, hey, you've got juice. You've got the ability to break something. They're not. Like they're Correct. not being put in positions that get them into that open space. And when they are, it's either a lack of decision making, a lack of whatever it is, just not getting to it the way that we would expect. It is becoming now such a hindrance to this team that does not have explosive plays outside of Travis Kelsey making guys miss in the middle of the field and catching and running or Juju Smith Schuster on a slant, catching and running, which was phenomenal. They, we haven't seen very many explosive plays, and they're having to rely on so much short yardage, everything like that. When you have those scenarios where you can pick up chunk yardage, you can't keep leaving it on the field, and they are right now. Can't stay ahead of the sticks if you're getting one when you should be getting four. It's just it, it, It's been painful to watch this year. Sorry, I was muted. Yeah, that and that was frustrating because there was a couple plays like that. Like this, I mean, if you're gonna try to run on second down, you're gonna try to get to the edge. Like that, just so many plays getting tripped up there and putting yourself behind the sticks after first down incompletion. Like this, this is. I mean, the Chiefs default to this first down incompletion. They're it's an auto second and ten run. It's just automatic. Uh, after it's just you know it's frustrating. Um, I think it's time to toast game, guys. I think uh, I think it's time to toast game. I don't know if you got anything out here. We'll we'll wait for Maddie to grab something really quick. If you're watching, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. We're still toasting despite the Chiefs falling today, and I think the, the toast needs to go to Juju Smith Schuster. Five catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. A great run through on a 42-yard catch, uh, with a lot of that happening after the run. It was a great play by Patrick Mahomes, but it was an absolutely wonderful performance from Juju Smith-Schuster uh, on that one, Matthew. Nope, I agree. I want to. I want to give a small shout out to uh, Colin Saunders. I thought. I thought he played pretty well, especially in the first half where the defenses were kind of controlling stuff. I thought he played pretty good there. 
Second half, he wasn't as loud, but I think it could have got real bad without his play in there in the interior in the first half. So a little shout-out to Colin, too. And a anybody small, to toast? Yeah. Small, 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 small shout-out. Harrison Butker hitting a 62-yarder. That was, that was clutch, man. Don't let that get lost in this game. Yeah, he missed another one, but a 62-yarder was – that was good. Butker, Juju, uh, and whoever – Maddie, Maddie, who'd you have again? I had Colin a defender. Saunders. No, it's okay. It was a defender. You can skip it. I get it. It's a defender. <laughs> That's the toast game. Cheers, everybody. I've got an interesting nugget about Juju here. Uh, he said uh, on his touchdown pass, he had an under route, and he knows working with Patrick Mahomes, the play never ends. He stuck with that one. Also complimented uh, Arrowhead Stadium on being a playoff atmosphere every time they play there. I believe this is the Chiefs' only third game this season in Arrowhead. So uh, love that. And, it, and Tommy Townsend tweeted, love a random PED test. So it sounds like that Tommy must have got the note <laughs> in his locker after this game. He did but get a hold of that punt. Tommy's he got did. some guns on yeah. him, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, that toast game show, our toast game was presented by Ben Holiday Bourbon, by the way, bottled in Bond Bourbon here in Missouri, Weston, Missouri. You can go up there. You can find it. Uh, it is incredible. It's going to be in liquor. It's, it's in liquor stores already across the KC, KC Metro, and it is absolutely fantastic. So, toast game presented by Ben Holiday Bourbon at Holiday Distillery. All right, final thoughts, boys. Let's get out of here. Uh, let's go lick our wounds and look forward to uh, another the rest of the Sunday with our families or Maddie's case with Tucker. Uh, final thoughts, Maddie, before we get out of here. Uh, you know, I'm just kind of ready, I guess, to move on to this one. Not because it was like an upsetting game or anything like that, but it was a close game between two good teams. Both teams, I think, will be a lot better the next time they play, presuming they play again in the playoffs. So I don't know how much this matters. I do think the Chiefs have a lot to still figure out on the offensive end, and I don't think they play bad offensively today. I just think they have a lot to figure out, and I think it starts more so in the headset, on the play sheet than it does on the field, because I don't still don't think they know what they are. I think they still think they're just Mahomes bail us out right now, and I don't know if that's going to get you back to the Super Bowl and uh, you know the NFL this year. A lot of things to clean up. A lot of young players that got a lot of experience today against a very good Buffalo team that came out on top, but it is just October. This happened last year as well. We will see what happens the next time these two teams meet, hopefully in February, because, I mean, honestly, this was great for the NFL. The, those two duked it out. It was a good game, two good teams. And the NFL wants that, so I, I'm fully expecting we're going to see it once again in February in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think it's something you get too high or too low about. Uh, I don't really think this game had a, con a ton of emotions for me. I think this, we as a fan base here in Kansas City are pretty battle-tested. We're pretty used to October games not meaning much. We thought, you know, even you look at the last time that these two teams played, we thought it was going to doom the Chiefs, uh, you know, in their pursuit of a, of a one seed. Uh, we thought it was going to kill their chance at home field advantage. What happened? Chiefs beat the Bills in, in the AFC Divisional round. They didn't even get to play each other until in the AFC Championship game. Chiefs wind up hosting the AFC Championship game after beating the Bills the week prior. I'm not too high or too low about this game. Two good teams, two of the best, arguably the two best teams in the NFL just played today. Uh, the Bills came out this time around. I'd like to see this team at full strength and after they had a pass rusher uh, at the trade deadline. That is going to do it for the KCSN postgame show. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. It helps us as we're growing this channel. Thanks to everybody watching, and we'll catch you later.
Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, a company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal.